1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts.
0: Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Very special time of the year. It's officially... WrestleMania week. First of all, big thanks to everybody that downloaded the show last week with Becky Lynch. Of course, the Becky Lynch video is up on YouTube right now over on the Not Sam YouTube channel. It's not the only thing going on on the Not Sam YouTube channel. Just so you know, just so you know, we have new content all the time over there. Uh, every, Of course, this podcast is already branching out. Every Wednesday morning, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast drops. Every Thursday afternoon or so, the State of Wrestling bonus show is up on YouTube. It's an addendum, a companion show to this podcast. Now, this week is a special week. Because it's WrestleMania week, I've got a lot planned for you. First of all, we've got this podcast. Then, of course, the State of Wrestling bonus show. That's on Thursday. My plan for Friday morning is to get Katie Linendoll involved and give you a very special NXT TakeOver Dallas preview show. We're going to be breaking down everything we expect to see at Dallas TakeOver from Dallas, and we'll have a very special guest on from NXT. Not only that, but then Sunday morning, we give you the big one, a WrestleMania preview show with another guest, a WrestleMania highlighted guest, With Katie, (laughs) excuse me, with Katie Lennendahl, we'll break down everything that we think could happen at WrestleMania, uh, give you the guest, and then of course, a week from now, next Wednesday, we look at WrestleMania, we look at the Monday night after WrestleMania, and we break the whole thing down and figure out what's going on with the WWE, because by then, That's the funnest part about WrestleMania. Within a week of you listening to this, the WWE will be a completely different animal than what it is today. It's very, very exciting. And speaking of exciting, my guest this week is very, very exciting. He's got one of the biggest matches at WrestleMania this year. Definitely the biggest match of his career. You could argue that this man is the number one babyface in the company right now. You'd think it would be Roman Reigns, but it's just not working out that way. Dean Ambrose is my guest on the podcast this week. Dean Ambrose uh, goes one-on-one with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. It's a really important match because you could argue that the Brock Lesnar match is just as important as the Undertaker streak match or matches were, right? Because a victory over Brock Lesnar is pretty much giving you what you would have gotten with a victory over The Undertaker. He's the one that beat the streak. If you can beat the guy that beat the streak, then guess what? You're the king of the mountain, right? Right. Well, we'll see. We talked to Dean Ambrose not only about that, but the fact that a month ago he got to wrestle Triple H, huge match at Roadblock, and uh, he was on Total Divas. so much going on in the life of Dean Ambrose. I thought it only appropriate to share his life with you so here it is Dean Ambrose this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.
1: And now the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Dean Ambrose, welcome to the
0: show, man. What's up? Uh you're you you're what's up right now? You've got one of the biggest matches at WrestleMania this year. When you're when you're kind of doing your thing on the East Coast indies and you're making a huge name for yourself, uh does it ever occur to you? do you have goals in mind like being quite possibly the number one good guy in w w e is that something that occurs to you
2: I, uh, no i don't worry about things like that i i just take things uh you know day to day and uh you know fight by uh, fight by fight night by night and you know every i'm pretty much uh at the ready, twenty four seven, every every single night, three hundred nights a year. You know, I'm getting thrown around by giant white dudes, or fighting some kind of three hundred pounder or something. I'm just constantly, of throwing punches and getting beat up and thrown around, and you know, against the wide litany of every opponent imaginable. So you know, I um, so, um,
1: so is, that, is that like.
2: Uh, is that? Yeah, to, I, I'm just you know I'm I'm just, I'm just you know every day is uh, you know another day at the office and you know uh, WrestleMania 32 will just be a uh, kind of a sh- extremely hazardous day at the office.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it will be. Is that the is that the strategy though? I mean, obviously there's not a huge strategy, but are you thinking the way to best set yourself up? Like even in the beginning, is just to figure out how to work matches with every conceivable opponent, so that whatever gets thrown at you, you're ready to be have one of the best matches on the card.
2: And the guys, I mean, the guys who will be, uh, you know, successful, uh, by, through their own, uh, work and, and so forth, uh, the guys who can just adapt to any, uh, any and all situations, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I, I constantly float where, uh, you know, others, you know, might sink or so forth, you know, and I just, uh, and you know, i just i just float along the river of of this crazy world we're in and you know i uh, can uh, i can swim in any uh shark infested waters you uh you put me in
0: when did you develop that confidence? how long into wrestling was it before you realized that you can kind of hang in whatever waters they throw you into
2: i mean yeah, you're constantly learning and you have, sometimes you uh you know you uh you learn lessons the hard way sometimes yeah everybody's got their failures and their setbacks and so forth but you know i just uh by the time I got here, you know, I, I'm a thousand times better at than wrestling now, especially wrestling in, uh, uh, on television, on pay-per-view. is a completely different uh, animal than just, you know, wrestling itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a skill I didn't even know anything about until I got here. You know, oh, I'm a thousand times better than, uh, uh, than I was when I got here just from uh, being able to, uh, to wrestle at this level for the last three years. But, you know, just being, just, you know, I mean, there's there's just guys who are, who are like just the real thing and are good at this and 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 can you know I've just been able to uh, you know thrive in any kind of any situation you put me in you know so uh, and you know that's that's how I've been able to you know people call me a cockroach and stuff and they, you know, whatever they mean by that but you know it's, it's true because <laughs> I mean, you're always
0: gonna be around you'll always be there
2: yeah I mean there's just uh, and this is what I do, you know. I just got—I've just gotten myself into into this situation with Lesnar now, and uh, you know, it's a little uh, uh to say it's a, it's a dangerous situation. But you know, I've uh, sought out and uh, you know the most dangerous matches of my entire career, you know, right by by design or not. So, and that's the thing. It's just is—you it can be in any kind of ladder match or cage match or whatever it is, you know, or fire, caps or any kind of you know. You can handle it. stuff you want to you want to do, and I've done all that stuff. But there is no more dangerous match than just being in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Well, what does it
0: do? I mean, I guess for a guy like you, it probably doesn't do that much. But last year at WrestleMania, you were in the ladder match, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you had to get you had to get you were stuck on the floor because halfway through the match, you ended up cracking your head open, and they had to they had to fix you right there at ringside. Is that right?
2: Yeah, these things happen. You know, that's that's yeah, part of the. Hazards of ladder matches,
0: and so what? So, yeah. so, are, did they? What did they actually do at ringside? Did they have to stitch you up right there?
2: They stapled my head back together
0: at ringside.
2: Yeah. Wow. And and is that, the that fact- actually hurt worse than, than going through the ladder? Well,
0: well, that's what I was going to ask you. Because at that point, does your adrenaline start to slow down, and so you can actually feel the fact that somebody's stapling your head back together?
2: Uh, you feel everything. I mean, adrenaline's a powerful thing, but you know, we are not expecting to, you know, get jabbed in the head with, you know, staple guns, you know, it could be a little sterling, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess. Because when you're in, like, the deathmatch world, you're expecting the staple guns to come your way. But when you're
2: just at WrestleMania... I feel the cradling hands of the doctor. I'm like, oh, okay, this is safe. He's not going to attack me. He's even attacking me. You know, this is the world I live in, you know? Right, right. You're like
0: a puppy at the vet going, why would you do that to me? Why did you do that? Yeah, yeah. But that's, uh, I guess that's how you end up prepared. So how do you prepare for a match with a guy like Triple H? You wrestled Triple H a couple weeks ago, and this is a guy who you know the match is important because he only wrestles a couple times a year, and he's your legit boss. So, I mean, you talk about a performance evaluation, you're actually in the ring with the guy. Like mentally, what goes through your mind is you go and be the guy who's getting the one-on-one pre-WrestleMania match with Hunter.
2: I'm I'm my own boss, you know what I'm saying. That's how that's that's honestly how you feel. Yeah, like uh, actually, I I that was a very uh, cool night for me. I really liked it. Uh, I thought uh, I I almost prefer that uh, setting and that type of scenario over. You know, the more uh, like like WrestleMania will be a lot of bells and whistles and a lot of extra crap right. and you know, on the big stage and all these shiny bright lights and so forth. I what I loved about Roadblock was that that it was uh it was so stripped down and it was so old school and it was like the the more intimate arena in the Rico Coliseum and it was just the most bare bones setup, just a, a ramp yeah I don't even know get a stage it was like a very low it wasn't the whole t v truck and stuff atmosphere backstage and it was just uh one of those uh it was like very old school and i'm an old school guy and you know triple h uh at heart is an old school old school guy uh so it was like one of those situations where is that like that was like mine it was very refreshing for me and it was cool to like just be able to be like a pro wrestler for one night, like show up at the building right the clock, and like you know, I'm not there's no wackiness, it was just, just show up to the building about showtime, go out there with another guy who is another old school kind of worker, and just I mean, you don't get to have matches like this every night because we're doing you know, it's a three minute match on TV or right. all this extra crap, but it was like turning the clock back for a night, it was just going out there. With a guy and who is you know revered as one of the best you know old school wrestlers, uh, you know from you know from all the greats, you know to, and to be able to go out there and just all right, man, let's see what you got. Let's see if uh, if you're really all that, and uh, just go out there and you know just two guys are going out there and working. Yeah, watching and, it, it and, felt- and, just, and just turning the clock back, and know we're not worried about you know time. User commercial, right? It was, you know, just it was it, it, it was a very it was like it was like it was like a retro. It was like retro night. It was like, hey everybody, this is what WWE would look like if it's were pro wrestling. It's yeah. not anymore, but this is right. like re- right. this is like retro night. And right. I think I may I think I may be like the only guy, or at least one of the only guys, but the only guy who could have done that, and who could have just gone in and just been like, all right, old school night, let's go.
0: Right, it no. felt like watching one of those old when they used to televise the house shows on like local cable channels. Like in New York, the Garden House shows were on the MSG channel, and in Philly, like the Spectrum House shows were on the the local Philly channel. And it, it was like this special show that not everybody gets to see, and it's totally different from
2: TV. And it's it's
0: yeah, it it did it it had that old school vibe about it. And
2: yeah, no, you know that, that yeah, that to me was uh, very rewarding. You know, I don't have the same uh, you know, I don't think I have the same uh, goals. And- so forth, and I don't, uh, you know, take, I take pride in different things, and uh, have different, uh, I think I have a different agenda than most people, you know, that was a thing that, like, you know, you can, I don't, this is one of those things that was cool for me, that I will, I I, I took great pride in that night, because it was like, I don't feel like anybody else could have done that, and pulled that off like that, and I just, to be a special, kind of all the... All the stars aligned to where we have a cool, old school moment like that. You know, like it just worked out perfectly. You know, like it was it a was great, it was just a great situation for me.
0: In building up to the Brock Lesnar match, they've been doing cool things. They've been bringing in Mick Foley. They brought in Terry Funk. Do you wish that they would bring up some of the stuff that you did in the past, like show some of the Deathmatch stuff that you did, so people could really wrap their heads around the fact that a no holes barred match is not something that you're is a foreign
2: concept to you. Um, I mean, it, you can look up stuff, I guess. You know, but you know, uh, I mean, I leave, I leave the past in the past, you know. Right, so, right. Uh, yeah.
0: I I wanted to talk to you about uh, you talked about being an old school guy, uh, and I've I've kind of caught that vibe from you more than once. But how did you feel showing up on Total Divas? Because Total Divas is probably the least. Old school thing a guy can do. You're going, you're showing yourself as a person, not as a pro wrestler. You know, your your relationship with Renee is now on television. Is that something that you had any, like, reservations about? Did you want to do it because you thought it'd be fun?
2: When you're. Uh, you eventually just get used to these annoying televisions cameras being around. <laughs> right. Right. <I'm> like, <laughs> But I'm, it, they're just around. You know? Like, I mean, I, sometimes they fucking catch shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to
0: do? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, well, listen, everybody, you know, this is probably I would say the biggest match of your career. I don't see how anybody could argue that. You've got the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, you, you closed Raw last Monday, so I think a lot of people are, are nobody knows exactly what's going to go on last at WrestleMania, but between this, the Shane and Undertaker match, and the, and the world title match, It's definitely being looked at as one of the main events. So uh, I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be good. And uh, I hope everybody watches WrestleMania. I'm sure they will.
2: Yeah, of course they will.
0: (laughs) Cool, man. Thank you. Here is Sam Roberts. Huge thanks to Dean Ambrose for being part of the podcast this week and for being so candid with his opinions on Total Divas. I do think it must be weird for him to be the type of guy that he is and then to have to share that that part of him. He reminded me, if you watch that episode, and I'm sorry if you guys don't watch Total Divas, but you should. It's wrestling, right? It counts for the wrestling podcast. He did remind me of myself on vacation. He, just, he wasn't a, a stick in the mud, but he just kind of sat there the entire time. It was great. He, had, well, he wanted nothing to do with anything that was going on. It was perfect. Uh, but Dean Ambrose, I expect big things from at WrestleMania this year. This is his shot. This is his chance. Uh, you know, He's cursing and, and not exactly as animated as some of the other guys uh, on the roster are during interviews. You wonder—he doesn't fit the WWE's mold as their guy, but there's just something about him. His, his, he connects with the audience like nobody else does. His promos are more believable than anybody on the roster that's not injured right now. Um, and there's just something about him that attracts your attention. Plus, he's a great wrestler. So— um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with Dean Ambrose. And if you want to see what they do with Dean Ambrose th- when he's in your town, then you got to get tickets to a show. you got to see him live. I know, sometimes it's difficult to get tickets to these shows. I'm sure that at one point or another you've been frustrated trying to buy tickets online, right? You know where I'm going with this. Most sites make it very, very complicated, and they all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout Uh, That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. If you don't have any friends, but you bought a bunch of tickets thinking that you'd make some friends and you don't, you can sell tickets too. It's very, very easy. Uh, uh, You can last minute get some WrestleMania tickets. You can try to sell them. It's a user-generated community, and that's why I like it so much. SeatGeek is the only place to go to look for tickets to a concert or game. You can get it on your phone. Uh, you look down. You say, you know, you're sitting on the couch. Oh, WWE is coming to a town near you. Oh, I would like to go to that. The town is very near me. I wish I could get tickets. All these ticket websites are so complicated. Oh, what do I, what, I I'm just sitting there on the couch. I'm not going to get up. Raw is about to come back on. Wait a minute. I got my phone here. There's an app on it. It's the SeatGeek app. I can find tickets right here while one of the matches is on. I would say the Divas match, but, you know, it's not five years ago. Uh, But anyway, it's a very quick process, and you can do it right from your phone. What SeatGeek does is they pull all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and you never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events, and SeatGeek is going to let you know if ticket prices fall. You really do know when you're getting the best possible deal. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value. So you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. So if you want the most expensive front row tickets you can get, you can get that. If you want the best value ticket available, you can get that. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest is honest and upfront about the price, unlike StubHub, for example. SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never try to trick you with huge fees on the checkout page. And get this, this is the best part of all. My listeners to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast are going to get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's right, get yourself some tickets to a show and I'll get you $20 off to get the $20 rebate on tickets. Here's what I need for you to do. Download the free SeatGeek app. Go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code. Enter promo code SAM, S-A-M, and SeatGeek is going to send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM today. I highly recommend it. Now, before we get into the state of wrestling, I want to say some, a special, very special congratulations to Kathy Kelly. If you follow Kathy Kelly on Twitter, and you should, at Katherine Kelly with a C. Um, not Kelly. Obviously, Kelly has the K. She made the announcement this week that she is officially on board with WWE, Uh, I could not be happier. Kathy Kelly is a very good friend of mine, and while she hasn't really been on the podcast, she's been a big part of everything that I've done, wrestling podcast-related, Sam Roberts show-related, SiriusXM-related, YouTube-related, everything that I've done, she's been a big part of uh, in recent history, shall we say. Uh, and, And this... Truly, I promise you, is her dream. Uh, she came from After Buzz. She used to do all the NXT and Monday Night Raw after shows over on the After Buzz TV network. This girl eats, sleeps, and breathes wrestling. And I tell you, I mean, anything she doesn't know, she's hungry to learn. She knows it all now. We spent many a day, many an afternoon, many an evening sitting on my sofa watching uh everything you can imagine on the wwe network uh she knows wwe front and back she's obsessed with indie wrestling i mean i tell you i don't know anybody that's more excited about the upcoming cruiserweight tournament than kathy kelly i am so happy that you're all gonna get a chance to see her on wwe tv um i am uh percent sure that you're all gonna fall in love with her in no time Uh, of course If you want to get to know her a little better, and this isn't a plug for me, this is an honest congratulations to her uh, because she deserves this more than anybody. But we do the Sam and Kathy podcast over on my other podcast feed, which is the Sam Roberts Show on SiriusXM feed. You can get that on iTunes, NotSam.com, and uh, SoundCloud. So go uh, get that podcast if you want to get to know her. But Just pay attention. She'll be a part of WrestleMania weekend. She's going to be doing a lot in the digital department. She will be on TV. She'll be on the road. I mean, uh, her and Renee Young are just going to uh, tear up hosting for WWE from a female perspective. Uh, And I can't wait until you guys get a load of Kathy Kelly. Now let's get into it. It's time for the State of Wrestling.
1: It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling.
0: Here we go. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. You know, it's a, it's a big week. As I said, it's WrestleMania week. So the State of Wrestling is important, but I don't know if you've noticed. WWE has put out a lot of new product for WrestleMania week. It gets very, very expensive. So what are you going to do? Well, here's what you can do. You can make a little extra money very, very easily. Drive with Uber. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hear me out on this. Uber is a smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. So you'll be the driver, and it's going to help you make extra money driving your own car. It's totally flexible. You don't quit your day job. You just do what you do, but you make more money on your own schedule. Yes, whenever you need a couple extra bucks, turn on the app and drive. You got some free time? You want to use it to make some bucks? Get the app and drive. You turn the app on. You pick people up. You get money for it. It's great. A few hours here, a few hours there. It all adds up very, very fast. And it's really easy to get started. First, you go to drivewithuber.com. You sign up for free. You can do it right now on your phone, as long as you're not driving. If you're driving right now, pull over, then get the app, and then realize that you could be getting paid for the driving that you're doing right now. Second, you answer a few basic questions about you and your car, and then get approved, which you probably will. I mean, you're a good person. You listen to this podcast. Third, start driving. That's all there is to it. I told you it's very, very easy. Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. Sign up to Drive with Uber today. Go to DriveWithUber.com. That's DriveWithUber.com. Drive, with U-B-E-R, dot com. You know, at this point, I want more than anything in the world for uh, Katie Linendoll to grace you with her sting. I can't do it, but you know what? I can't. I'm going to tell you the truth. I adore Katie Linendoll. I want her on the podcast every week. There's no, no secret about that. But I had her on this week. You know, I couldn't have her on last week because she was out of town. I had her on this week. We recorded a full state of wrestling. I loved it. It was a fun time talking about everything that happened on Raw and beyond. Then the CD failed. I recorded it to a CD. The CD failed. Uh, I've been trying everything to get it off the CD. It's not working, so it's now uh, 3.30 in the morning, local time. I'm in my apartment. I'm sure driving my neighbors insane. There's a man yelling into a microphone next door about professional wrestling. But you know what? I need to talk about the state of wrestling this week. It's got to happen, and I promise you Katie Linendoll will be back with our special WrestleMania edition preview podcast this week and then going on forward with the with the wrestling podcast here. So, we really got to talk about what's going on with WWE right now, and it's interesting because I talked to a friend of mine this is a true beginner of a wrestling fan. I have a friend who just... She's an adult, but she just started watching pro wrestling, I mean, months ago. She has no experience with it. She's going back. She's obsessed with it. You know, I keep telling... It's the funnest thing because I keep telling her old events to watch. Like, I'm having her watching, like, Tuesday in Texas from 1991 and my, my favorite Royal Rumbles. And she's now going through years on the WWE Network. Like, she's watching all the Raws from 1997 and the pay-per-views in chronological order. It's, I mean, it's brilliant. I think it's amazing. But she certainly is not watching from the same viewpoint that like you and I watch from. So what is interesting is that she came to me and said, Sam, I watched Raw this week, and it was incredible. How great was Raw? It made me so excited for WrestleMania. I can't wait and I said, really? And I didn't give my opinion at all. Because I think when you meet somebody that's that enthusiastic about wrestling, you have to take a step back and just listen. Just listen. It's like, watch, it's like getting to watch through a child's eyes. Just listen to what's getting them excited. Because maybe you'll get some insight into a lot of what's confusing about the current product, right? Because as I watch... I can't help but be fairly critical of a lot that went down on Monday night. Uh, But she was so excited, and I don't know if I'm taking it too seriously, if all of us are taking it too seriously, but at the end of the day, this is a wrestling podcast, right? Anybody that watches six hours of wrestling a week plus, anybody that sits there and says, oh, good, WrestleMania with the pre-show and the post-show is seven hours this year. Oh, good. We have a seven-hour WrestleMania show, and before that, a four-hour Hall of Fame show, and before that, a two-hour NXT pay-per-view, and before that, two-hour SmackDown. Like, anybody that's watching all that stuff is probably... And then, and then beyond watching all that stuff is spending their free time downloading wrestling podcasts like this one, I would say is taking wrestling fairly seriously. So that is probably the lens that I will uh, watch through as we talk about this, because that's my lens. I take it very seriously. And and I think about the storytelling that's going on. And I think about the ways it could be improved. And I think about why things are working and why they're not. And why we feel certain ways and why we don't. And I will tell you this. Same thing I said last week. I am of the opinion that the WWE Championship at WrestleMania should go on last. It's just my opinion, but I feel like in terms of moving everything forward, on Monday Night Raw, on SmackDown. The world champion is the person that makes the most impact. Who holds that title? Leaving WrestleMania makes the most impact on the long-term future of the show. And you could say, well, not this year, Sam. Because if Shane McMahon wins, then Raw, he takes over Raw and everything's completely different. And so that in that respect the impact of what is going to happen on Raw is left in the hands of Shane McMahon and The Undertaker. But let's be honest. The Undertaker is going to wrestle what? Between this year's WrestleMania and next year's WrestleMania. Three, four matches max. Maybe one. Somewhere between one and four matches over the next year is what The Undertaker will wrestle. Shane, I still think, is gone before the summer. I mean, he's gone after WrestleMania. Might not be the night after WrestleMania. He may be on Raw on Monday. But he's not, I don't think Shane is sticking around. And yes, the product will change somewhat, and storylines will change. But the person who is on the marquee that you're trying to sell tickets to see is the world champion. That's why I think it's important for that match to go on last. I just, based on what we've seen, don't see how it's possible. I just I don't see. How the match can be... Well, I'm I'm lying. I I see scenarios in which the match can be done properly. I think. I see scenarios in which exciting things can happen in the match. But I feel like Monday night cemented the fact that Roman Reigns can simply not be one of these guys who turning him heel is out of the question. I get it for John Cena. It'd be cool to see John Cena turn heel. But it's never going to happen, and I understand why. The boos that John Cena gets are not the same boos that Roman Reigns gets. Roman gets boos that are are, are visceral and mean and angry and loud and exist in a lot of different places. It's not just a Brooklyn thing. It's not just a Philly thing. It's a thing. You know, Brian Fritz, uh, who's a good, uh, he, he covers a lot of wrestling. He does a lot of good interviews. He talked to Roman Reigns this week, and I read the quote. And Roman said that, and I'll paraphrase, that the people who are booing him are mainly 30-year-old men. And he said, I'm not in wrestling for 30-year-old men. Uh, You know, that's not my thing. Ha, 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 ha. And I guess that's, I don't know, saying like I'm not into dudes or whatever. But he said, you know, I wrestle for families. We have a PG, TV PG product it's a family product and i'm just making sure that the families and the kids are happy i don't know what that means i mean the, if you go out there and you get booed in large numbers like if, if the if the reaction is either boos or people are bored then there's no the problem is not the audience you know it's, it's the same philosophy of if everybody around you is saying you're an idiot. You can't look at everybody and say, look at all these idiots saying that about me. You can't. Because the answer is, they're right and you're wrong. There's too many of them. If three people call you an idiot and everybody else says you're cool, yeah, you're probably cool. You know what I mean? Those three are probably wrong. Those three are what we would consider haters. But if everybody says you're an idiot and you don't think you are, Maybe it's because you're an idiot. Not to say Roman Reigns is an idiot, but at the end of the day, he's getting booed everywhere. And I'll tell you what's gone wrong. And I said this, I was. Ta- I talked about this with Katie as it was happening. You know, Roman had his, his moment when he was popular, right? Roman got cheered coming out of TLC, and he got cheered the night after TLC when he won the world title. It was cheered. People loved Roman Reigns at that moment. They had finally done right by him but here's what's gone wrong and I said it was going wrong as it was happening after the Royal Rumble the story between Roman Reigns and Triple H got pushed aside so that they could build Fastlane the triple threat match at Fastlane made Roman a side project you know the focus on 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 Fastlane was on Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar. The point of that triple threat match was to establish a rivalry between Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar. The story of that triple threat match was a story about Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns happened to win, but the story wasn't about him. So between Royal Rumble and Fastlane, we're dealing with our main event story where Roman Reigns is kind of ancillary to the whole thing. Then... He gets taken off TV, and we spend three weeks building a match between Dean Ambrose and Triple H. So now, basically, from the Royal Rumble until Roadblock, which is a huge amount of time, Dean Ambrose is looked at as the top good guy in the company. Finally, Roman Reigns comes back, and it just doesn't work. There's no passion I don't believe him I think most fans don't believe him we're a little confused as to what's been going on we don't understand why he's been gone for so long we don't understand why we've been not focusing him focusing on him at all you know there's there's it's just it's been damaging to him and he didn't he hasn't the past couple weeks but throughout he was still kind of doing those smirks he was still acting cute He was still telling jokes, you know, and it it was just too much. It was just too much, and it wasn't relatable. You know, they're still trying to make him a sympathetic babyface that the corporation is screwing, or the authority, I guess, is screwing. And Roman Reigns will never be sympathetic. He's just not a sympathetic figure. He's a badass, and he's fun to watch beat people up, but he's not sympathetic. So what do you do here? That's the question, right? So what do you do then? I think that, I hope, that the WWE has finally realized this. And I think that they have. I'm sure that a lot of people had a long time ago. But <clears throat> the most important people, who ever hadn't before, I believe probably are aware of it now. Because it's undeniable. You know, you can't ignore it anymore. Roman Reigns was trying to be built like Stone Cold in the sense that he was an antihero, in the sense that uh, the authority wasn't treating him fairly, in the sense that he was standing up to his boss. He was trying to be built like a modern-day Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think. And that's not going to work because Roman Reigns does not have that kind of relatability. Stone Cold Steve Austin was every man. He was also the most entertaining son of a bitch on TV. Roman Reigns isn't either of those two things right now. He's not an everyman by any stretch of the imagination. If anything, he's a Superman. And he's, he's certainly not the most entertaining person on TV right now. Not to say he's not entertaining, but, I, you know, he's not Stone Cold. So, you go, well, what do you do then, Sam? What do you do? He's not Stone Cold. In my mind, Roman Reigns, in the story that we've been told, is Bret the Hitman heart. if you're going to compare him to anybody in the Attitude Era. He's the heel that doesn't really want to be a heel. Roman Reigns is a reluctant bad guy. And here's why I see this. And I think it's happening. Triple H has done everything he can to make Roman Reigns a good guy. Triple H, I think, has been an MVP of this whole scenario. I think he's, he's so good at what he does. He's, he's one of the best of all time. He goes out there, and even though Roman Reigns gets booze, Triple H still gets booze for himself. Triple H still comes off as a convincing bad guy. I understand who he is. I understand what makes him a bad guy. I know why I don't like him, and I don't want to see him anymore. I want to see him lose, just not to Roman Reigns, because the minute Roman Reigns comes out there, I'm booing him harder. Triple H can't do anything, right? As as a guy portraying a character, he can't do anything to combat what's going on with Roman Reigns. But there are little subtleties that are changing about Roman. Number one, he's not smiling anymore. I think that's important. He's not smiling, and it's not like he's not smiling to support the fans or something. He's not smiling because he's not happy. Number two, and this is the most important part. He's coming down the aisle. He's not walking through the crowd anymore, uh, and 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 I think that that is by far the most interesting and important part of this whole scenario because what's happened here is Roman Reigns, theoretically, is stepping away from the audience. And this is, this is why I bring up how good Triple H is. Because it hasn't, I don't think, unless I've missed it, it hasn't really been made into a big deal on commentary that Roman Reigns is coming out through the curtain instead of through the crowd. As a matter of fact, if he had just started doing it, we probably wouldn't have even noticed. But the reason that it's even worth bringing up is that Triple H, when it first happened, was looking at the audience when his music hit. And he was surprised to see Roman Reigns behind him coming down the ramp. He said, that's weird, in the ring. And that is that little thing that cues us as an audience to remind us that it's strange that Roman Reigns has chosen to do this. It's strange that Roman Reigns has chosen to come out through the, down the aisle. And he's not, not fist-bumping anybody as he comes down I think that that's the beginning of Roman Reigns disassociating himself with the fans. I, I I think that this is the beginning of Roman Reigns, the reluctant bad guy. Now maybe I'm giving WWE too much credit, but I and I've done it before. But I've also been right before, meaning I've given WWE just the right amount of credit. You know. WrestleMania 31 a year ago. Up until the day of, people thought it was going to be horrible. And they figured it out, and they made it something great. WrestleMania 30, up until a month before, people thought it was going to be horrible. And they figured something out, and they made it great. Because in the end, they do listen to the fans. You know, it's been weird. Wrestling is weird right now. Because when wrestling, I think, was that it's most popular in the Attitude Era. It wasn't about the skin or the blood or the violence or the language. It wasn't about any of that. The Attitude Era was about embracing the attitude of the fans and listening to the fans, figuring out what they wanted, and delivering on it, giving them exactly what they wanted. So it's, it's, it's strange that now we live in a time... Whereas we watch WWE, it would appear that they've already decided what the product is and are almost getting annoyed that the fans disagree, which is not the way to run this thing, right? They almost get annoyed that the fans don't cash in on what it is that they've created for them. And the fans are saying, no, it's because we want this, we want something else. And the WWE goes, well, that's not what we're giving you. And the fans go, well, tough. We came for baked potatoes and there's french fries on the table. And WWE goes, well, that's because we think that's what you want. And they're going, we're telling you we want baked potatoes. Yeah, but I think you want french fries. No, we really want baked potatoes. And at the end of the day, after we're on a hunger strike, we're starving. We keep going back. We won't stop visiting this restaurant. We keep going back. Thinking, hoping, praying. And finally, one day, we get a baked potato. Now, you know, then we go back and there's fries every other day, but one day, there's a baked potato, and that day is WrestleMania. Baked potato day is WrestleMania. They can't not have this be a special night. Now, I I, I was thinking of different things you can do, and I think you have to have Roman Reigns turn at Wrestlemania and it has to be in a way that he's a reluctant bad guy it has to be in a way that Roman Reigns is doing what Roman Reigns has always done but we are now acknowledging that he's getting booed that's what I mean about the attitude era and 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 giving the fans what they want you acknowledged the reaction that things were getting you acknowledged what the fans were saying you acknowledged who was getting cheered and who was getting booed it's important and I think that's what has to be done here. And that's generally what happens by the end of WrestleMania, even if it hasn't been happening in the build up for it. And I think WWE is smart enough to know that. And I think that they will do something special to make this work. I have a very hard time believing that Roman Reigns just goes in as a good guy who gets booed, wins the title, and goes home. I can't see it happening. What I can see happening is a scenario like, you know, I don't know. Maybe the referee gets knocked down and the League of Nations or somebody comes out to help Hunter, comes out to help Triple H. Well, just as we think all hope is lost for Roman Reigns, all of a sudden, uh, 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 John Cena comes out. We go, I thought he was injured. I thought he was going to be back for a while. And we can still give him a month or two of recovery time because he's not going to wrestle. But he's just going to get in there for a little bit because he's going to go in and he's going to help Roman Reigns. But before he helps Roman Reigns, boom, Roman Reigns lays out John Cena. And he lays out the League of Nations, by the way. But he lays out John Cena. And we go, what just happened? And now we don't know whether to cheer or boo this guy. But if we do boo this guy, it's fine. Because that, John Cena, is the symbol of the audience, and Roman Reigns has just laid that symbol out to say, look, enough. I'm the most powerful guy there is. I'm the big dog here. I don't care who the—it re- I, I, doesn't matter to me. I'm the big dog. John Cena, Randy Orton, Dean Ambrose, whoever you put in front of me, I'm the guy, and it's enough. I'm tired of coming out there and getting booed. I'm tired of putting it all on the line and doing everything that these fans want, and doing everything I'm supposed to do as a good guy, and getting booed for it. I'm sick of it. So you know what? One versus all means one versus all. That doesn't mean me and the fans versus you. That means me versus you and the fans, because I'm one, and I'm at it on my own. And then we start to get that that Roman Reigns that was so popular in the Shield. And then we start to get that Roman Reigns that we caught a, a glimpse of when he beat up Triple H. No color contacts. No sweetheart. Roman Reigns, at this stage, is not your face of the company. He could be. If he has a good run as a bad guy, then we can change him back to being a good guy. But I think that Roman Reigns needs to leave WrestleMania as a reluctant bad guy. It'd be great if he laid out John Cena. It could happen, a, That a, a version of that story could happen with another superstar. But, I mean, honestly, what do I really want to see? I want to see The Rock come out and say, Roman, what are you doing? What's your problem? And I want to see Roman lay out The Rock, too. I want to see Roman just disregard everything and say, I'm in this for me. Because... Because while Roman has not been convincing as the character he's been playing, I know that he can play the character I'm describing. I know that he can convince us that he's a guy who is simply out there for himself for no other reason than to win. And hopefully that's how Roman Reigns will leave WrestleMania. I don't know. As the time gets closer, as we uh, wait till Sunday, we'll figure it out uh, when we get there. The other thing... That I think left everybody confused watching Raw on Monday was the way they've built this this ten divas tag match. I don't exactly know why you have to have ten divas in the tag match to begin with, but they've built this ten divas tag match in such a way. Um, it should be eight, I think. You know, I'm, I'm I'm happy to see Summer Rae get a WrestleMania match. It's cool. I'm super happy to see Emma on the main roster. I'm a big fan of Emma. Um, I think she's super hot as uh, Officer Emma with the cop sunglasses and those, I don't know, there's something about those short gloves. It's very, very sexy. Maybe it's a, a weird dominatrix thing. I don't know what it is, but it does it for me. I really like what's going on with Emma, um, and and she can wrestle her ass off, so it, it's that's going to... I'm glad that all the Divas are getting a shot. I'm very glad that Natty's going to be on TV. But here's what I didn't understand, and what I think a lot of people didn't understand, was the Ava thing. Ava Marie. Eva Marie, whatever her name is. Eva Marie comes back to the main roster on Raw this week. Fine. That's cool. I wasn't that surprised, to tell you the truth, that she was going to be a part of WrestleMania. When I saw that Divas tag thing worked out, at first, I thought it was going to be three-on-three. Lana Lana, uh, and Team Bad against Foxy, Bree, and Paige. And then I was like, cool, you can add in Natty and then maybe add in Summer Ray, Or, no, no, I thought you could add in Natty on the good guy's side and add in Eva Marie on the bad guy's side. And then whatever, and then they added Emma and I was like, okay, well, that's, that's different. That's interesting. I didn't, I like that. I'm, I'm happy about it. Here's the problem. Not only do you bring back Eva Marie as a good guy? Which is, like, insane. I mean, all she's done her entire career is get booed. Booed out of the building. You decide to bring her back as a good guy in Brooklyn. Okay. Then, who does the good guy beat up but the number one bad guy who happens to be the most popular diva on the roster? Other than, you know, the triple threat, the the Divas Revolution Divas. Take Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and uh, Charlotte out of the picture. And Lana is your most popular diva. You've now got a scenario where you've got one woman that people chant, we want Lana, we want Lana, getting taken down by a woman who people chant, you can't wrestle, you can't wrestle. And the you can't wrestle girl is the good guy. Now, I liked that—I guess it's a total Divas team, which means it doesn't matter if they're good guys or bad guys. They're just total Divas. But um, I just—I feel it's wrong for a couple reasons. I like that the other Divas, that Paige, Foxy, Bree, and Natty, were all kind of looking around the ring like, is this really happening? This is going to be our partner? That added some realism to it. I liked that. I thought that was a good— at least you're acknowledging what's going on but i i feel like the booing of of eva marie number one takes away from the team that's actually bad guys which is you know the heel team team bad and lana uh bad and blonde or whatever it's called and it takes away from the reaction that uh uh that the good guys should be getting. It takes away from Paige and Brie and Foxy and Natty getting the reaction that they need. Now the whole team's going to get booed because people feel so passionately against Eva Marie. I just, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. I, you just want to get everybody in the match. I feel like that's what it is. They just want to get everybody in the match. And so it's a plug and play and plug and play. And that's it. Um, So we'll see. It's on the pre-show, so it's not the biggest deal in the world. But uh, it makes no sense. No sense at all. And and there's no convincing me that there's any reason that it does make sense. I'll tell you what I did like on Raw. There were a couple things I liked. Because it's not a a negative thing. You know, as I said, I think there's a a place to go with Roman Reigns. And, you know, the Eva Marie thing just doesn't make sense. But it is what it is. Um, I like the idea. And this was just a quick thing. But I thought it was very interesting to see the Dudley boys as uh, Triple H's kind of corporate goons. To see the Dudley boys as the authorities' corporate bodyguards I think is a great role for the Dudleys. Don't put them in suits. You know, don't do what you did to the Godwins many moons ago. Let them be the Dudley boys. Keep them in the camo. But I think the Dudley boys should be like security for hire for the authority. I think the Dudley boys should kind of just have... Triple H is back and beat up whoever says anything wrong with Triple H. And, and, you know, and it makes sense technically. I mean, these are guys who have got to be grateful. You know, nobody thought at their age that the Dudley boys would be back. So, of course, they're going to be grateful to Triple H. Of course, they're going to be loyal to Triple H. Um, so I thought that was really cool to see them, you know, as Triple H's goons. A perfect role for them. Um, but the Shane McMahon Undertaker segment I thought was really great. I thought they did a great job. Shane didn't flub any words. Did you see those shoes he was wearing? I swear and I don't want to go off and do a shoe tangent, but he came out and I thought he was wearing black and white Jordan 1s. I have those sneakers. They're nice sneakers, hard to find. Cool. I was like, "Yeah. There they are." And then he turned around. I was uh, well, the first thing he did I was like, those are blue bottoms. Why do those shoes have blue bottoms if they're black and what? There's blue on the back back of those shoes. For you sneaker fans, those were the fragments. Those were the retro Air Jordan 1 fragments. I know that may not mean a lot to a lot of you, but those sneakers easily cost upwards $2,000 or more. $2,000 or more. For that pair of sneakers. I was convinced. I saw, saw him when he wore the orange, white, and black ones. Those are called the shattered backboards. I was convinced that he was going to save the fragments for WrestleMania. That's how important those sneakers are. That's what a big deal those sneakers are. But instead, he rocked them on Raw. I can't wait to see what sneakers Shane McMahon is wearing at WrestleMania. They might be custom ones, but I can't wait to see them. Um, but the segment was great. I mean... Shane, I can't believe he landed that elbow drop. I I looked at him. When he climbed that top rope, and he climbed, I don't know if you guys are good with spatial relations, and maybe I overthink things like I always say, but he climbed that turnbuckle, and it was like he he went to the, the further corner post. There's two posts, right, in line with that table. The post that he didn't climb up on was way closer to The Undertaker than the one that he did. He picked the far post. And I was like, no, no. And I'm going to be honest. I wasn't concerned about his safety. I was like, yeah, he could get hurt, but that's fine. It's wrestling. I was concerned about him ruining the main event for WrestleMania. I said to myself, if he ruins, if he, if he doesn't hit this elbow, he's destroyed WrestleMania. That's it. There's nowhere you can go from there. He didn't. He hit it. It was amazing. Not only did he hit it, but after he finally gets up, he wipes the sweat off his brow with his shirt. Shane McMahon is a specimen. Forgive me for a moment, but this guy is cut. He has no business wrestling in a baseball jersey anymore. That dude is in ridiculous shape. Did you see his abs? Go back and watch that segment and push pause. Number one, he's, he's tanned as hell. He's going crazy with the tanning. And Number two, he's ripped. Shane McMahon is jacked now. I'm looking forward to the match. It's not going to be a classic catch-as-catch-can-style wrestling match. But The Undertaker will be able to carry him through a decent match. And Shane will do some crazy stuff. And I think it's going to be a a real spectacle. I think it's going to be great to see. The one thing I'm worried about, and I don't know if you guys caught this, but as he was wrestling, Shane was completely winded. He was blown up two minutes into the thing. He was out of breath, winded. Um... I don't know what he can do. He's got to get his cardio up. Because, like, hey, I mean, he was totally beat by the end of that segment, and he's got to go way longer than that. I, I, the undertaker Shay McMahon match has got to be over 20 minutes long for to work at all. It's got to be 20 minutes or more, right? I mean, how can they do it? Now, I believe there will be a lot of bells and whistles involved in this match. Let's, let's be clear. Shane McMahon hasn't wrestled in a long time. I don't think he's been training for months. He's been training for, like, a month or two, maybe max, but probably like a month. And now he's got this giant match at WrestleMania. I think there's going to be like like Triple H and Sting. Interference, referees getting knocked down, superstars coming out, and who knows who will interfere. I don't think, like I said, I would love to see The Rock get, get knocked out by Roman Reigns, but I think honestly The Rock is going to play a part in the New Day match. I think that's where you're going to see The Rock as I said last week, or maybe I said it on the YouTube show. Um, but I really think that uh, you could see a lot of people. You know, Shane McMahon was talking about bringing in new talent. That's where Maybe that's where the the Balor Club makes their debut. Who knows? We'll talk about all that speculation more on the WrestleMania Preview podcast later this week. But um, I think there'll be a lot of bells and whistles, but I think they'll be able to pull it off, and I'm very, very excited to see it. All right. Let me wrap this thing up before I get annoyed neighbors coming at me. I was surprised to see Snoop Dogg going into the Hall of Fame, to tell you the truth. I get it. You know, they want a celebrity there. And I am I would assume Sasha Banks is going to bring him in. She's his cousin. Um, but, you know, I think this was the year for Lemmy to go in. But the boss man's going in. You want a living celebrity at the thing. I get it. Uh, uh, all right. Don't forget to check everything out at NotSam.com, all the podcasts going up this week. I'll be Snapchatting at NotSamRoberts all WrestleMania weekend. You can be a part of it. We'll be at Radio Row. We'll be at TakeOver. We'll be at the Hall of Fame. We'll be at WrestleMania. It's going to be a great, great time. Uh, I appreciate Katie Linendoll's patience with me in the fact that I wasted an hour of her time today. I appreciate my neighbor's patience with me in the fact that you know these walls are not that thick and I'm in an apartment building. And it's 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm shouting John Cena's music at the top of my lungs, thinking he's going to interfere in the Roman Reigns Triple H match. It's WrestleMania season. Let's deal with it. Okay, guys? Thank you for being a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Again, congratulations to Kathy Kelly. Let's keep up with her. And uh, I will see you later this week in a few days for the NXT Dallas TakeOver pre-show. Thanks for, listening.
1: Thanks for listening. Follow at Nump Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.
0: Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer.